0: Jake.
1: Hi there, and welcome back to the FFS Podcast. I'm your host Praddy once again, and welcome to episode number seven of the FFS Podcast Series, which is the main flagship series of this podcast. And the reason I have to say that is because we do have a sister series, which is the MWF, which runs every Wednesday, and this runs every Sunday. And in this particular podcast, we kind of talk stuff that is a little—it's not out there, but it's a little more detailed, a little more analytical. We've got to, we go to—we go in depth and kind of get views of, from various fans on different topics. So we had, you know, Barcelona. We had Arsenal's redundancies. We had the Indian Super League. We had women's football. We've done so many topics on this in season two of this particular podcast. I don't think if I I mentioned it earlier, but this is season two. So thank you all for joining us. If you're joining us for this particular episode, then I do recommend that you go to our previous episodes and listen to those topics, which are as interesting as I hope this one would be. But if you have listened to those and you're joining us uh, for this as well, then welcome back and thank you for sticking with us. Now, today's particular topic is going to be VAR. And it's kind of funny because today, if you look at the news, it's all about Biden and Trump and the election. And they're talking about how, you know, the system is slightly corrupt and they need to do a recount. They need to kind of, they want a review of the system and they want to see, they want to make sure that there is full transparency and the count is correct. So that is kind of like VAR in a way, because apart from the video assistance, but We will. there's a lot of reviewing of bad decisions. Um, And whether it's for the good or bad, that's basically what we're going to be talking about this particular episode or for the next one hour. So joining me on this podcast, we've got four fans. Two of them have been on the podcast before, two of them have not. And so I'm going to ask them to, I'm going to ask anyone anyway, all of them to give an introduction of themselves. So we'll start in alphabetical order and we'll start with Ajay. Ajay, would you like to tell us a bit about yourself yet again?
2: Hey, hi, President. Thanks for having me on the show again. Uh, I'm a Newcastle United fan from uh, Chennai, India. You know, it, It's a topic that's, that's affected our clubs in the positions that we hold in the Premier League as of today. So I think it, it, it's pretty much going to be a heated debate.
3: I'm, I'm so looking forward
1: to it. I think this is one of those times where if, if it was on Sky Sports and if they put the word heated, it would probably be more apt. Uh, and then we go move on to Anirudh. Anirudh would you like to tell us a bit about yourself? So my name is Anirudh.
4: I'm a Liverpool fan and I'm based out of Chennai but I was uh, born and raised in Qatar so I have like mixed thoughts on various things. Uh obviously when you when you posted about it and I heard about it I was like I definitely want to speak about uh, the situation with VAR and this is not just coming from a perspective of me watching Liverpool matches I'm I kind of follow the Premier League through the weekend, so I start right now, like at ten thirty. I'll probably start watching Brighton Burnley and then move on with the rest of the games. So I have a a little more of a holistic perspective on it, and yeah, I'm uh, looking forward for to possibly a heated discussion.
1: Yeah, awesome. All right. Uh, and next we have Boyd. Boy, would you like to tell us a bit about yourself?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, my name is Boyd. I'm from Holland. I lived in England for several years and became a Tottenham fan when I was there. Um, but I'm also I'm a field hockey or professional field hockey player. So part of this discussion is also part of different sports, different, uh, different parts of, of any other sport. So I will take some, some influences from there as well.
1: Definitely, yes. I mean, a lot of sports have implemented this entire review system. Uh, like in my background right now, cricket's going on and they have a review system of them of their own. And so, yeah, I, mean, I can't wait to ha- to understand how it's been implemented in different sports and maybe, you know, try and see if those kind of systems can be implemented in the Premier League or even in football in general. And last, we've got Ogis. And Ogis, before he introduce himself he's not a premier league fan uh, he is a fan of Bayern Munich and he watched the Bundesliga and I thought it'll give us a, fre- a another different perspective on this particular topic given that we just don't stick to one particular league where some might say that VAR has probably failed more than succeeded and so Ojas, oh, sorry for that for interrupting your introduction but why don't you tell us a bit about yourself Hey, thanks for you.
5: Uh, thanks for having me here. I'm Ojis. I am Basti on Twitter. Uh, I'm a Bayern fan for the last good like eighteen years or so now. Um, I also follow the Premier League and a lot of the other top leagues in Europe. And surprisingly, uh, with the rest of the panel today, I do have a soft spot for all of the clubs mentioned. Uh, like I, I have like always like Newcastle United a lot because of uh, surprisingly dire Straits and Mark Knopfler because Mark Knopfler is a huge fan of. Newcastle United and also like with Liverpool, there's a... So basically, essentially, with all of the other panellists also, I think I have a connect with their clubs somewhere, with Spurs and with Liverpool, for like in general being clubs that are are, are far more likable as compared to a Manchester United. So, so it's, it's going to be an interesting discussion and just understand thoughts because having followed a bit of the Premier League, I know that there have been instances where uh, a lot of the clubs have been robbed and I think uh, clubs like spurs and liverpool have seen the bitter end of it a lot more so quite excited for this year
1: awesome all right so i want to ask each one of you when bar was announced whether it be for the premier league or for the bundesliga uh what were your thoughts then did you think that the system or the game was in dire need of assistance from referees and you know technology so we'll start off with ajay again um,
2: to be honest, Pradeem, when it was introduced, I, I was, I was for it, Uh, but if I'm not wrong, all, all of the 20 Premier League clubs had unanimously voted for it. So, uh, and I was for it too. And um, because we have seen it successfully work in, in games like, uh, you know, in sports like, uh, tennis or cricket, right? Where the on-field umpire does take the help of technology either, you know, uh, facilitated by a Another umpire or uh, you know, with a with video being displayed and him having a reference point and taking cues from it and reversing the decision, right? So uh, I thought I thought it's going to be uh, interesting because football is very much uh, uh, what do you call it a game made of moments. So I was just very interested in in trying to understand how it will fit into the fast paced nature of the game. Uh, that was the only thing at that point in time that i had i thought for sure uh, the the quality of refereeing in uh, at some point in time i think towards the latter part of the uh, what do you call it the 90s to probably anywhere between 2013 20, 2014 20, uh, uh, it slowly started to decline and that's when the conversation about having a video assistant, you know referee mechanism or if you want to call it right uh, was talked about and it came into being Five years later, so uh, you know, yes, there was a need for some kind of uh, video assistance or technology assistance for the referees because it, the game is much more, uh, you know, what do you call it, fast-paced. The players are becoming smarter; they know how exactly to make the most out sort of even even the, you know what do you call it a breath of another player, right? Uh, that's how smart the players have become. And um, you know, the, just three men on the field monitoring. 22 shrewd men wouldn't have been possible. So uh, from that sense, yes, uh, technology was required. Uh, And to actually kind of now look back at it in hindsight uh, a year later, I have my own doubts in the way it has been implemented. It's not necessarily the thought that that needs to be questioned. It is just the implementation that needs to be questioned.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think I had the same thoughts as you in the sense that because the only... Yeah, this, the only sports that I'd actually seen review systems being implemented was tennis and cricket. And sure, it, it might have had, uh, it might have been implemented in different other sports as well. But those are the two main sports that I watch apart from football. And those are the two sports that I'd seen it. So definitely, I can relate to what you were saying. Um, I definitely had similar thoughts. Anirudh, do you did you have similar thoughts to this, or did you have something differing? To did you have something differing when you first heard of this? var system that was about to be implemented
4: We uh uh very similar from uh, in terms of where i'm coming from i i actually loved the idea of var being introduced and uh obviously the question even then was how uh how far are you taking the implementation and is it uh is it going to be uh similar to cricket where there are situations where even on the screen, you'd be. It's written. It's the umpire's call, which means it's the on-field person's call. And uh, would there be some sort of way that they would be able to put that down for the system? And uh, very similar to uh, Ajay, I, I actually am now in a situation where I, I think of every match and I'm like, how many calls are there in a match? And the problem, the problems are that sometimes referees. Or VAR, the people who are sitting behind the screens are giving you excuses as, as redundant as we forgot that we could put this down for a red card, and and that's just ridiculous. I think that's just
3: seriously ridiculous.
1: Okay, all right, uh, Boyd. What are your thoughts? Because if if I'm not mistaken, I think the Eredivisie and the Dutch league had VAR installed a year before the Premier League, so. I don't know whether if you if you were watching the Dutch league whether you felt that you know this is the kind of system that the Premier League is desperate for.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was implemented uh, one year before, um, and I actually I'm a big advocate of VAR or, or assistant refereeing, but uh, as as most other people, uh, a lot of doubts came in in more about implementation and about how it was being used there in the ADVC it wasn't as bad it was quite all right it didn't have a lot of discussions but the main concerns is uh, uh, how far do you take it like uh, like for example the Everton Liverpool offside uh, call um, like how obvious is it obvious offside how strict do you want to take it and do we want to wait in the stadium for centimeter work? And is it even possible to call it at that specific uh, instance? Um, when VAR was announced in the Premier League, it got me excited because I thought it was very necessary, especially considering how important the Premier League is and how big financially and how important it can be for several clubs, both on the top of the league and bottom of the league, even though I usually believe that it will kind of even out throughout the season. Um, but my main issues at the moment are both the refereeing not being good enough and not not necessarily in making mistakes, but When can we use or call onto the the VAR? When do they interfere? When don't they interfere? But I also have a bit of a problem with uh, the rule set in itself, football. I think VAR in the Premier League has shown there there are problems in the rule set in itself. So there's situations where maybe a patriarch according to the rules is correct, but it just doesn't really make sense and that's my main thing at the moment, where I think there it has shown there's a lot of things that maybe need to be adjusted
1: definitely and the the rules are is definitely one of the major aspects that we will be touching upon a little while later, and I'd probably get your thoughts on that because. That was that seemed to be your one main area of contention or point of concern. Uh, I, I, before that, I just want to get your thoughts, or just because, like Boyd, your uh, league or the Bundesliga, not your league, but the Bundesliga implemented VAR two years before the Premier League, which is I think the twenty seventeen eighteen season. Did you feel that okay from a Bundesliga as a Bundesliga fan? Were you were you happy with the way it was implemented, and were you happy with uh with the way that it turned out to be uh or the way yeah it was implemented basically and did you feel that the english game kind of needed that as well
5: so essentially yes i have been a proponent of uh having technology come in and assist better decision making for a while now and i think that's because uh the, the 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 debate against it was that you know it keeps the conversation about football alive like where you were wrong by the referee, and I think, I think that's a little too simplistic. And we needed technology, and I was happy that Bundesliga was uh, kind of implementing it first. Uh, there were a lot of learnings along the way, and like it was surprising that you know because the EPL like without uh, uh, like in in like absolutely straightforward terms is is the is the premier sporting football league in the world. So. It was surprising that it took them a couple of years to kind of get everyone on board, but I think the implementation has been flawed across all European leagues, and I think that has largely got to do with, um, like you, like I think it's 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 having it's kind of uh, like you know uh, like a, a bad situation that uh, footballing bodies have found themselves in where they want to rely on technology at the same time they don't want to take the power away from uh, your on field referees and i don't say this lightly because what happens is uh, like for example with a penalty right like if a referee like in most leagues i i talk for champions league and the bundesliga because i see them more often than a premier league so here i could be wrong so that's my uh, disclaimer for this but a lot of times a referee would give a penalty that could probably be deemed too soft or not be a penalty in the first place but VAR would not intervene. Similarly, I think there was an incident in the Merseyside derby where uh, the VAR referee said that I did not know that I could like we could reprimand Jordan Pickford for his foul on Van Dyke. Now, my question here is that how can technology assist you when the smartest person is not getting that 360 view of what's happening in a game? Uh, and like, what's like? I think I think that's my biggest problem. Like, we are. We want technology to kind of help better our game, but we are restricting it to behind the cameras and, and saying, hey, assist this, but not really be uh the the body that kind of overrules the decision uh, vicariously. Like a lot like there's a lot of grey area between what a referee where a referee's final decision lies and where where the VR intervenes. And I think that is the problem at this point in time. So the implementation is definitely flawed across across leagues until there is some sort of uniformity, I think, that will kind of continue to frustrate fans like us.
1: Right. Okay. Now, one of the key points that you did bring up was the fact that you weren't sure why the Premier League... And, I mean, let's be clear that quality aside, okay, and we can have that debate another day whether the League's quality is far superior to that of the Premier League or vice versa and stuff like that. But the Premier League is one of the most watched leagues in the world. Uh, and that's, that's credit to how well it's been, uh, you know, publicized and televised and all of that, blah, blah, blah. So why did it take, according to you, or just why did it take them two years more than the Bundesliga to implement it? Were they kind of waiting and watching to see how well it was doing in other leagues before they said, OK, we can, do, we can go ahead and do it? Or, you know, according to you, obviously, I know that you don't have the behind the scenes facts or anything like that. But according to you
5: i mean like just just so i i remember this particular game between liverpool and spurs where i think uh, i think harry kane scored that goal and i think lovrain was caught in the mix up and there was this conversation with the between the referee and the linesman and the linesman said that if lovrain has played that hey that's off but i don't know if he's played that or if he's like had contact with the ball he's off if he's not like if like if he's played that then he then harry kane's on if he's not, then he's off, and the referee then just like because he has nowhere to turn to, he's like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna give that a goal. Now that would not have happened at that very instance in a in the Bundesliga or the DVC that season. So for me, it was surprising. Like, and and like, I'm not even going to debate this. Like, like the Premier League is a, a superior league with money, with quality, with talent. Like, that's not a conversation that I'm gonna waste my time with because it clearly is the better league. So it is. I don't mean this as the criticism, but a slight frustration that why would we are not be implemented in the Premier League? Like, like at least I understand the season to pilot with somewhere else to see if it's working. But, uh, like two years, I I think I, I that that doesn't make sense to me, or I don't see the the reason behind waiting for so long.
1: Does anyone else have any thoughts on this? Whether you know as to why you feel that the Premier League took a longer time.
0: Yeah, I, I have an, uh, sure. I think yeah, sure. it, it happens a lot when, like, it's a social uh, theory where if people have invested a lot of money, effort, or energy into something, they will, they aren't as likely to change it. And I think with the Premier League, that's a big issue because it is financially, it is the biggest league in the world. So they are, and they will be, very cautious to disrupt anything that has brought them that success, that has made it the biggest league in the world. For example, the Eredivisie, it's not a very popular league internationally. So it will be easier for smaller leagues or maybe uh, different leagues than the Premier League to implement it. But I also think, especially with the Bundesliga, It might be a bit of a cultural thing as well. Uh, I lived and played hockey abroad uh, in Spain, in England, and uh, in Holland as well. And I found that Dutch and German people, they are more factual. They like precision. They like stuff to be right. Where, for example, in Spain, they are more about the emotion behind it. And this is a discussion I've had a lot, both in England and in Spain. With people, they, their argument basically was the Premier League isn't advertised as the most precise division in the world. It's about emotion. It's about the feeling you get when a goal goes in. Um, and I think the combination of that, those two factors, both changing a winning formula, if you will, and maybe not 100% being, uh, convinced by the, maybe the necessity, maybe make them wait and see how the reaction would be in other divisions.
1: Definitely. Uh, d- sorry, Ajit, but I just wanted to just comment on that. I'm, I, I won't take too long. But I think uh, the winning formula, I think right now a lot of people and a lot of pundits and all of that have been saying that VAR takes the fun out of the game. And I think that's probably one of the major concerns that all the invested parties might have had that, you know, the moment you bring in technology and you rule out and we've had so many fun games and fun matches that we've watched throughout our childhood days or even nowadays, uh, probably two years ago that, you know, we, we saw the wrong decisions, but we still enjoyed it given that, you know, that added that extra bit of drama, that extra bit of spice between the rivals, between fans, stuff like that. So I can, I can definitely see that argument. Uh, all right, so I don't want to take too much of your time. So, Ajay, why don't you tell me you had something to say regarding this matter?
3: So, uh, Pradyum, I'm fully on board with what uh, Boyd just said uh, from a cultural standpoint, right? Uh, you know, Germany and Netherlands, as such, the way some of these things are looked at is, is more practical, uh, more, uh, what do you call it, leaning towards science. Uh, whereas in, in, in the Premier League, as such, um, you know, it, one is the emotions angle, and two uh, is the the fact that I I would think I think well, in all the points that Boyd Boyd made, he just missed out on one, which is the total incompetency of the uh, what do you call it the referees uh, that man the Premier League games or you know any of the any of the lower league games, right? It's it's appalling that that someone like Mike Dean has survived as many years as he has. With as many howlers that he's had, uh, is 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 beyond me, right? And as many uh, cards as he's given out, <laughs> <laughs> that too. So I, I don't know where we come from when we say that hey, you know, Premier League is superior than than the Bundesliga or the Dutch RDBC, right? Uh, definitely not in terms of refereeing, because uh, it's it's not something that's happened overnight. It, it, it's something that's been coming for long. And I think part of the problem is the reinvestment of, I think it's a topic that we spoke earlier, right? Uh, the FA actually focusing on referees, making sure that they are, you know, at a certain standard that they should be. in. That has not happened. And I think that's something that, you know, they also realize and that, you know, if, if, if indeed any of the other leagues didn't adopt it, but trust me, the Premier League wouldn't have ever thought about VAR for another 10 years. Right? Because they know that for you to have another set of good referee uh, what do you call it, candidates coming up, it'll take a whole generation. Because look at it right now. There's not one single referee that you can think and say, hey, he's not going to make a mess of it today. Maybe Ma- Martin Oliver, but outside of him, nobody else.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, one of the... Well, I, I don't know how I could phrase that. But the key indication that things are not right with the refereeing body or referees in general in England was the fact that no English referee was uh, was allowed, I can't say allowed, but hired to go to the World Cup or was officiating the World Cup matches, right? I don't think there was any English referee out there. I might be wrong uh, and if I am, please correct me. But as far as I know, uh, there was no referee from England that was chosen to go and officiate one of the World Cup matches. And so that w- that should have been the biggest indication that, hey, you know, things aren't things aren't great in, in the refereeing front. And maybe it should have been just post-2018. But I suppose that might have been the eye-opener. And then it might have taken one year for everyone to kind of talk about how things would be implemented. Um, and uh, i I'm going to ask you this. Uh, one of the key uh, aspects that Ajay mentioned was the fact that, you know, referees in England might be shit. Uh, and they are probably shit, and I wouldn't say probably they are shit. Uh, but VAR is the problem with VAR is that it's technology which is manned by a human being. So as long as a human being is in control of all the technology, which means you know putting all those lines for offsides, you know checking on penalty decisions and red card decisions itself. It will still be a flawed system. Would you agree with that?
3: If I look at how uh, in cricket
4: these days, I'm just talking in terms of similar space. Uh, as I said earlier, if you're, if the umpire is not very sure of an LBW, which in my case is an offside, you basically draw the line. But here, I'm not able to understand where, uh, like, at what level do you say it's an offside? That's my problem here. So, if you're drawing the line. Uh, at the last defender's leg, or wherever, wherever the point of impact could be, uh, and if there is a clear call, okay, that's great. But there is, if there isn't a clear call, it is the on on ground referee's call, and he has to go and look at the screen. Then you have to tell the on ground referee that he has to look at the screen. You can't just say that it's an offside immediately. Like I, I just I can't just process it in my head for some reason. So yeah. But you have to be able to say that you have to be able to so kind of make that call and say you know go down to the referee.
1: So yeah. So I mean, so are you saying that the 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 main point of concern is that fact that the referees on the ground are basically just going off? So I mean, VAR is assist, video assistant referee or assisting referee, whatever you want, assistance. I think so. It's basically assisting the referee in doing his job. So it's... What you're saying is that it's kind of doing the referee's job itself and not essentially telling him to go to the monitors and do it. Am I right in that or am I going I'm totally off in a different tangent? But...
4: I think it's making its own calls without really uh, completely knowing the facts or getting second eyes or third, or third pair of eyes on it for that matter. That's my problem. My problem is, is when it isn't clear-cut and out there for everyone to understand, you cannot be just making a call. Like, I just don't see it happening. Like, that's the reason uh, there's a there's something called umpire's call in cricket. And I think you have to give that to the on-pitch on, on pitch, uh, referee to kind of view in the case of the red card in the Merseyside derby or... Uh, even for the offside in that match, the last, the late fin, uh, goal. So yeah,
1: but offside shouldn't it be? I mean, it, the fact that there is technology to determine whether there are there is it is an offside or not by those lines that they're drawing. So I mean, that should be good enough to tell the the official that it is offside. It, I don't know. I think the rule is that if there is a now, okay. It used to be the rule that if you're offside, you're offside. But I think now the fact is that if it's a, a part of the body that can that a goal-scoring part of the body which is offside, then only it's offside. So I mean, I, I I get with the red card and the penalty decision that the referees call or the umpires call in cricket that works, but I don't know about the offside part of it. All right.
4: So for that, uh, my simple point for that is if it's soaked, if it's that clear, I'm ready to accept it. But it's kind of out there for the fact that it wasn't that clear, right? That's that's my point with that. Uh, beyond that, now with penalty calls also, uh, I think recently we played against uh, Sheffield, if I'm right, and Fabinho tackled uh, a guy outside the, who's outside the box. The ball is outside the box, uh, yeah. but we and but the VAR called it a penalty if I'm right, and yeah. so again, where do we draw the line? So if now, when you score a goal, the ball has to be completely beyond the line for it to be a goal. When the ball goes out, it has to be completely beyond the line. Do we do the same rule in terms of taking a penalty as well? So then, doesn't the ball have to be completely inside for it to be called a penalty? So, there are a lot of questions about It depends that. on which side of
2: the line that you're looking at from another.
4: Correct. That's exactly my point, right? So, Fabinho okay from beyond the penalty box. The But the ball is outside the box. Uh, the the uh, oppo- opposing player is also outside the box, right? And you have eyes. You have multiple eyes that are seeing this, right?
1: Yeah, no, but I think with that particular incident, it was known that they didn't even look to see whether that w- wasn't a penalty. The the fact that the VAR actually just looked at penalty, yes or no. They didn't even look at free kick or penalty. You know that should have been the first step. So like in like in cricket. You have the snicco which ensures that the whether the ball is touched the bat before it hits the pad, and then you get go for the you know hawkeye or whatever. So same thing here; they should check whether it's a free kick, then a penalty. But no, they kind of admitted that, or they took it uh, that it is a penalty, and then kind of looking at whether it was a penalty or not a penalty. So uh, that that was the main point of contention there in that particular incident. But I, I kind of see a point for me it's always been the fact that like as as long as a a person is handling the technology and that person itself like i think ajay you mentioned incompetent uh like so many english referees there's always going to be a flaw in the system no matter you know whether the rules change and we'll come to the rules because uh one of the i mean the offside thing and the handball are all going to be part of rules that you know that's been implemented or that's been stated so you know some people might say technically it is actually correct a correct decision going by the rules but the like but the rules itself is terrible uh Ajay you wanted to say something I think before I move on to the next kind of topic Uh
2: uh, just one thing Pratim, uh, on, on, on this particular topic, right? Uh, like, I think like what you rightly said, and I think Aniruddha and Boyd also alluded to it. Uh, if, if you give the technology in the hands of monkeys, you're still, you're not, you shouldn't be expecting, you know, great results, right? And another thing is, uh, you know, there's, there's so much of in, inconsistencies in terms of how it's being, uh, you know, how it's being deployed. Uh, that particular incident with Pickford and uh, you you might as well call him Pickford, right? Uh, Pickford and uh, Van Dyke. The video, the the VAR uh, personnel that were there, I think there's three of them, right? That were looking at it. They were just looking at it for offside first and then default. So I don't even get this. So if you're looking at one particular incident, shouldn't you be looking at the entire set of events leading up to it and whatever happened post it? You can't just be saying, hey, I, I'll just stop it at this point. And this is the only ask that I've got from the referee. I'm not going to aid him with any other information because he's not asked for it.
1: You, you know what it reminded me of? So not reminded me of, but you know what it could lead to? Or, you know, different parallel work, probably. I don't think it's going to happen in real life. But what it could lead to is, say, if I'm the striker, I'm miles offside, okay? The ball comes to me. I'm offside. I score the goal. But in the... Pro- After scoring the goal, or if I miss the goal and the the keeper saves it, I'm so pissed off that I go and kick him in the face. But the fact that they're just looking at offside will show that, okay, I'm just offside. The fact that I've kicked him in the face wouldn't matter, if that makes sense, right? So they've kind of just stopped looking until the offside decision. Post that, it's like null and void, basically. So the same thing, I could be offside, I could get the ball, and then I could go kick somebody's player, I could break somebody's legs, but the the VAR would just say, you know, he's just offside, and you wouldn't care about my, the person whose legs are broken.
2: No, absolutely, pradeep Because the game has been in vogue for 200 years. Or close to 200 years, right? Um, and professionally, or close to 150 years. Uh, don't tell me that we have never had, uh, you know, we have never had these kind of incidents happen before. Of course, it's happened before. That's why you've had it uh, over a period of time Come to a stage as it is in the, you know, in the late 40s and the early 50s and ever since very minor changes in terms of the rules and how it's being deployed in multiple geographies. Uh, right? Why yeah. suddenly that 80 years later that we are having this conversation where, you know, because of technology that we are saying that the quality of referee has come back, that they are confused on what to look at because they have never seen, like, I think that's, that's the Gary Lineker's tweet that he put out, right? That, that, they never seen a slow motion video ever before. Now, you know, anything looked at in slow motion might look dramatic. Me yeah. eating food, me eating, you know, a, a burger might, might, might look dramatic on a slow motion, right? Yeah. So uh, that might, you know, then are we then talking about the skill sets of the referees, which is the focus point? And that is why we need a, a technology
3: assistant.
1: Yeah, uh, another argument, and I'm sorry to be talking a little bit, but the other argument, I think, and Anirudh might agree with me because if he's read anything of regarding this, was that I think the, the linesman had called for offside before Pickford went and tackled Van Dyke. And, it, I mean, in that, and because of the rules saying that, you know, because the whistle was blown, anything that happens after that, uh, after the whistle's kind of, again, like I said, null and void. But it comes down uh, to confidence. is it really
2: podium? they gave a penalty to manchester united after the final whistle was blown
1: no no but but that was because var was in play okay again i don't know but i think because that was part before the 95th minute or whatever because it was during proper play here it was after the whistle was blown in in an off for an offside rule again the rules are going to be really really complicated uh or just have you come across something like this? I have no
5: clue. Uh, no, so I just wanted to add one thing. Uh, I think uh, about the Liverpool Everton incident. Oh, um, um, so basically, I wanted to just bring your attention to uh, two things. Um, one is largely the the incident that happened with uh, Van Dijk. I think the the decisions after the final whistle being taken. I think uh, that's happened in the past. That's happened long before VAR, where we had. Uh, fights in the tunnel, and we've had we've had um, you know where people have been sent off, or or it's like these things have been kind of taken note of. The challenge with the Liverpool Everton game is something as simple as the the less competent referee or the less competent refereeing personnel having access to more information as compared to the more competent referee, and I still think that this is the problem with football and the way it's it's in implementing technology. If you look at cricket, the third umpire is also a extremely able and an extremely capable uh, umpire in his own right. And that's something that UFR does in Champions League games, where they are personal or normally people who are also referees of high standing. So here, like, uh, like this is something that's happened in the Bundesliga and actually uh, led to Robin missing out Champions League games in 2015-16 when marvin hits uh, fouled robin in the dfb pokal game he, he he got booked for it and robin got injured now my the biggest problem herein is that uh, like we're giving we're expecting a referee who's a who's a pivotal character or somebody who's who's kind of uh, in charge of facilitating the play and kind of moderating the game to always be in the know-how of everything and that's where in my problem comes in. Like I would still be more comfortable with the fact that somebody sitting who uh, in a in a room with multiple eyes on the on the field, having all access to data, has has made the right call. But for that, some that person has to be the more competent referee of everybody else involved in officiating the game. The person on the field needs to be uh, it needs to be orchestrating the game. They should not be like. Like, I, I don't really buy this idea of go look at the screen and see what happened. Because I'll tell you this for a fact, football is an extremely egoistical sport. And I don't say this lightly because as a Bayern fan, with the with the experience we've had, trust me, if a Victor Kasai or a Sunai Takir were uh, were refereeing, you've made a decision that you think, uh, you, I don't think these guys are uh, like horrible people or they have a bias or anything of that sort. I'm just saying that it becomes very hard for you to, to reflect on that decision even with more information. You think you've made the right call and I don't really buy this idea of, hey, look at look at the screen and see, you may want to see for yourself what happened. No, if you think it's right, then take that call. Now, that obviously with offside, this whole drawing lines business needs to again be kind of standardized. So it kind of fits everyone. But with the Liverpool Everton game to kind of like circle it together to like kind of loop back that in, I think the fourth official, if I'm not entirely wrong, uh, said that he did not know. He just checked for offside. He did not know if he could like you know if he if that could be uh, that action could be sanctioned further. So the whole question of Michael Oliver taking with him then goes for a toss. So that again brings us back to the point that who's who's actually sitting in front of the camera and how much power do they wield? and i think till we don't address that i think a problem with var will continue to persist like is yeah. just oh just supporting your point so the the guy
4: you have sitting at var is a guy who has already in 2017 been suspended for after being accused for uh, uh what do you say uh, conduct yeah. and uh, again uh, i think earlier this year he again did something with a tottenham match if i'm right uh, you cannot have people like this refereeing in the uh, most elite, I wouldn't say the elite, but the biggest Premier
5: League. Uh, and, biggest league in... and the Merseyside Derby of all, right? And these two teams are on top of the table. Like, like, yeah. are, you, are you serious? Like, how is that possible?
4: Like, why would you want to do that? Like, why would you want to get yourself into, maybe, okay, maybe they like the uh, the uh, the fire around it. But it's ridiculous from a fan perspective. I think it's truly ridiculous.
1: Alright, and speaking about Tottenham, uh obviously Boyd would will uh I think recollect some very harsh memories of that incident with Hoybjurg. Uh I don't know how how even the onfield I, I think again when it comes to ego, did did the on did you think that the on field referee kind of thought, hey, even if I miss this var will check it and you know, so kind of just let it go on? Because that was as blatant a foul as you would see in any form of the- game
0: yeah it was a bet one wasn't it um (laughs) yeah uh, like when i saw it happen i thought there was um there was a like a missed core or something like the there was no way the ref didn't see it but a, a, a bit of a extra to what we discussed before as well is that the problem for me is According to the rules, the VAR couldn't even intervene with that part. That's the weird one. I believe there was a game last season as well. I'm I'm not too sure which one it was, where a team conceded a corner, according to the ref, which wasn't a corner. And then that team scored from that resulting corner, but the VAR couldn't intervene in the first part. So according to the VAR... Everything was all right, because there was no foul or no missed goal in build-up to the goal. But the, the corner shouldn't have been a corner. And that's where my issue is with the as well. Because within the rules, there are some, um, some mistakes. Like, like, for example, uh, the, the topic we discussed where someone can be offside. You can kick someone in the, when that offside position is called, and then only the first foul, which is the offside position, can be called, and the other one can't. Um, that's a weird one. Or more recently, where the Manchester United Tottenham game, where um, Lamela was pushing Martial away, Martial hit him in the face, or taps him in the face. It's not even a hit. Let's be honest. Like yep. according to the rules, if you follow like if you really want to follow the rules, I can understand the situation. You could argue that, for example, La Mela was pushing pushing Martial away, and then Martial hit him in the face or or aimed something at the face. And according to the rules, that should be a red card. According to the rules, that's perfectly fine. But it was like even I as a Tottenham fan, like I loved it. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but as it, I would be I would be really really salty if I were a Manchester United fan. But you, you understand, and that's there's more instances like this. Like you could understand the rules, but they are weird, and that for me is a problem with VAR. They try to portray it as solving this black and white situation. But it's not black and white because with offsides, you have something like refresh rates. So you can't really judge if someone's really onside or offside. And that's where, that's actually my biggest disappointment from VAR is when it was introduced in the rules, they stated it was there to correct obvious errors. And it's not, it's not being used that way. Like if, for example, the the Liverpool Everton game that outside that's not like if they went on and they counted that goal, everyone was already like setting up as if it was a legitimate goal. If they didn't check it with VAR or maybe just check it in the background, like is there an obvious thing we miss there wasn't like it was inches, maybe centimeters even. I think we are taking var too far as well like in that situation if we maybe check var or the offside in the background just to make sure like isn't it like really obvious and then it was like yeah maybe maybe not okay let's just go on because we don't want to check maybe maybe not a centimeter maybe oh maybe his armpit or maybe not that's, that's where I, 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 I get disappointed because if you use it to check, like, for example, with the Lamella Martial incident, I can understand you go back to VAR because you might have missed it. You might have missed what happened. That's when I understand the use of VAR. But it's getting more and more used to almost like a checklist if you can award a goal. And that's not what they said when they were introducing it. And they're they are using it as a checklist when there's too many errors in the rule set itself, like uh, the offside one, like the Lamella versus Martial one, and also the hoybier one versus um, versus Newcastle. Um, basically, for people who maybe didn't watch the game or didn't didn't get it, because it was very cleverly cut out in some match highlights. Basically, what happened is Hoybier got absolutely like battered to the ground. I, I I'm don't think I'm exaggerating that. He literally no. got barged no. into the ground. It was almost like a rugby tackle. And he, he's not a soft player. Like, But, okay, that happened. And for some reason, Newcastle got a free kick. That was a weird one. That, that was a really weird one. In the rules, VAR cannot intervene at that position in time because they say so. Okay. And then that free kick came in and Dyer jumped, maybe got a little push in the back, I don't know. And then he, uh, I think it was Andy Carroll who flicked the ball on to his arm, which were wide and out. He and did. He Penalty to United and defender, right United. <laughs> yeah, but like like th- this is one of those situations like where I have a problem. Like if you work that as a penalty, I can understand a part of it. But in the rule set they themselves write, there's a literal paragraph where they say, um, if a ball on the arm is a ricochet, you can ignore it. What do you define as a ricochet? Because I would argue that in this situation, and I know I'm a bit biased, that in that situation, I, I don't think Dyer knew where the ball was the moment it hit his arm. I don't think Dyer made himself bigger to block the ball. I would say he made himself bigger to keep balance. And this is where, this is why my problems are mainly, maybe more with the rule set than with VAR itself, because apparently the way it's being implemented right now, jumping naturally is acting like a penguin and keep your arm alongside your body, close to, and like, we we all we all know we all play football, we know the moment there's contact you you spread your arms a bit to stay to you know to to stay balanced, and this is where my problem is because like the way I see it, the way I view it is, yes, I was incredibly um salty after the game, I was annoyed, but in the way I feel now is there will be moments where it gets balanced, but the moment there is. It's not, they don't apply the rules the way they've written it down themselves. That's the frustrating part for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, a couple of things. So with the Martial-Lamella thing, I think the worst thing for Martial was that he got a three-game suspension for foul, like for violent conduct, which is, you know, if you see Wait, it... really really? I, I, yeah, I yeah, actually yeah.
0: missed that. Three yeah, games yeah, yeah, yeah. for that? Like, yeah. uh, Okay. Well, I, I totally missed that. I, I knew he got the red car, but like, like this is one of those situations. Like even there, like I always try to understand why a ref made the decision yeah. the way they did. Like you could argue it's more of a example thing. Like don't aim anything at each other's face, even if it's a slight tap or
1: something. But, but, okay, uh, talking about that. talking about the rules and all that, uh, let's go on to our final section because we're almost running out of time. Uh, boy, talking about rules, I know it's very difficult and the Premier League, I think with regards to handball and all, I feel like, I think different leagues interpreted differently and I feel that's one of the cases. I think if you see, and there was this... Uh, this graph which is shown I think on match of the day or something like that that last last season Serie a had like 59 odd penalty decisions because at the moment the ball just touched the hand it was a penalty no matter where and that's their interpretation and they have got like the entire league or 59 penalties over the course of a season which is madness as compared to probably you know the early double digits for for the Premier League and uh, I think that was what the graph, or that's where the curve was kind of leaning towards at the start of this season. Because you know, at the end of the day, defenders then would have to defend with their hands at the back, and that's kind of impossible to do. Uh, and that's what I think Mourinho and a lot of the coaches have have said time and time again. But uh, okay, before we get uh, before we get to that, I think I know Ojas has to leave quickly. So just I want to get your thoughts on this. Where do you think, or what changes would you make to B.A.R.? uh given the system that is in place right now.
3: Uh so so I I
5: just want to highlight two things here. One, um so uh, the goal that Greenwood scored against PSG, uh, that would be offside in the Premier League. So first I think there needs to be some side yeah. some some sort of a consensus on where like what are the rules because it's while it's taxing on the fans I think it's also extremely frustrating for players, coaching staff. Even the referees, if you if, if look at it like that, I think there needs to be a consensus and some sort of like, you know, coming together and figuring out where and like where, what, how are we going to decide an offside? How do handballs work? Because there's just too much, uh, like there's just too much uh, nebularity here where everybody is interpreting it in their own manner.
1: Yeah, giving—I I mean, whoever's giving the leagues that kind of freedom to choose it by themselves—it's—it's it's a completely wrong thing to do because you'll just have varied. And for coaches, like you said, it's going to be tough to coach that, right?
5: Absolutely, and I think I think there was something that I read, and I—I'm not entirely sure. So I was trying to find it before we were recording this. That I think even the FA has gone with a different interpretation of how they're going to perceive handball this season and yeah. going forward. So I think that's again caused sort of like a sort of a disconnect with the rest of uh, football in europe but essentially my my point still remains that i do not see the sense going forward in the sheer pace of the game for the the, the key referee to be to be officiating and managing the game on the field i think it increasingly should go like it, that mantle should be passed on to uh, a slightly uh, like a referee of a slightly lesser standing, but just like, but capable, but like of a lesser standing. But your main referee, your Michael Oliver's, your uh, Miguel Angel lahos your your main referees have to be sitting in VR, in the in the VAR room with access to cameras and say and have the knowledge and the and the perspective to be able to make those right calls because, like the the whole idea of VAR saying that hey that may not have been a penalty but you know what that's a questionable like that's like the referee had like you know like that 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 decision is questionable and the referee took a call that goes one way that's not fair come on like if we're using technology let's let's use it well let's not have room for interpretation and while people in uh, while the referee on the field has that final authority I find that really hard to believe and I also feel that there's no retrospective action like one of my biggest problems with football has been diving and that's been going on for ages and we are not res- retrospectively taking action on a lot of things. Like time wasting, again, has become a norm and I'm not somebody who's very comfortable or even appreciates this becoming a norm. So they, like things like these kind of have to be retrospectively also factored in if we are going to go with technology or otherwise let's just be okay with a broken system and like, and things will never change. I
1: understand it's new but that like we need to kind of like. I mean, if, if, you, if you're well. gonna have a if you're gonna have a flawed system, you might as well just do away with VR. You had exactly, and system. then let's yeah. just
5: go back to discussing how the referee fucked up and have <laughs> those conversations in bar in the
1: bar and be frustrated and have your weekend wasted. That's fine. But I mean, when you say less, standing, can't can't this all be trained? I mean, this can simply just all be, tra- referees can't be trained. referee. That's the point, Pradum.
5: So- I have I have five years of refereeing experience, and you have two years of refereeing experience. And guess what? Like. Even if you ask me to go see the screen, even just, just discount the fact that I am I am officiating a match, I'm high on adrenaline, I am I'm chasing the game down, I have ten I have four voices in my head. I it's it's damn hard. I actually like I understand. Like I'm not defending the quality of refereeing in, in Europe for that matter, but I understand. Shouldn't the person who's sitting behind uh like you know, sitting behind screens have the have the better perspective and have the final call. It also lets the game to, it also keeps the game a lot more free flowing. Um, I think ice hockey has that format where, where the game has very few stops and breakages. I'm not saying resort to that, but I think there's definitely some, some middle ground that can be found in football. I think again, it's just a matter of like shaking it out of the comfort zone that we've currently found ourselves in, which is a half assed implementation.
1: Okay, uh, that's perfect. And I'm going to have to move on because I guess we're running out of time. Ajay, what were you, what would you change in VAR given the way it is right now?
2: I, I think or just, just spoke spoke for all of us, right? In that sense that... Uh,
1: Come on, man. You know, I, even I if we have like a couple of minutes to say something.
2: <laughs> okay, right. So I'm just saying, uh, you know, in terms of the implementation, how it can be changed, uh, one would probably be... Uh, Having better cameras, better uh, you know cameras at at better spots where you can really look at things in in the way and shape it should be because there was a video or a, or a you know or a, a photo that came out earlier this year, right? Where they have taken a photo of the VAR uh, panel, and it has a photo of themselves looking at themselves, uh, uh, you know looking you know the, the set <laughs> of three referees that are there. Yeah. You know, then the camera pan towards them. They have them in, in the in the topmost thing. I mean, what are you even talking about? Shouldn't they be, you know, looking at uh, or shouldn't they be plugged into cameras that are look, that is overseeing the game, not the regular commercial cameras that we have, uh, that we you know we we you know we might even spot a good-looking girl in the in, in the stands for God's sake, right? And and pan pan over that. Would the, the would the way our referee be looking at that girl and how she looks her physical features? What are you talking about? So I think in terms of, uh, the implementation, it's a joke. Uh, they have tried to kind of smoke screen it with whatever you want to call it. Uh, but again, it goes back like, like what I think I'm, I'm purely alluding to what O spoke about. I'm just picking from what O spoke about and Boyd spoke about and Aniruddin spoke about, right? It's just a summary statement from the three, uh, beautifully constructed arguments, right? Uh, like, like O just said, if you're going to implement it, Implement it with the, the spirit that, you know, it has to better the, uh, you know, the refereeing standards. You can't say that, hey, I'm going to give you this, this particular tool. And with that, you can be lackadaisical as, as, as much as you want to. So with VAR, there needs to be higher refereeing standards. The second part is the rules. It's as confusing as anything. I think the same, uh, you know, the Tottenham Newcastle game that Boyd was furious about that. It depends on which which section or which class you are reading, right? So it is deemed that if it's, if your arms are over your shoulders, it is an unnatural position, right? And you know the the, the referee that actually kind of nudged into you know the on field referee here saying that hey, this is a penalty. That person would have read that rule and then told him that. That's not how the game works, right? So you know there needs to be scenarios being brought into rules. It cannot be just rules manifold and left to the interpretation of the referee. There needs to be scenarios for each of these rules. Say, hey, this is rule number one. But if this is rule one, you know, if the scenario is 1A, this is what your 95%, you know, what do you call it? Uh, uh, you know, the, the decision that you have, the decision guideline that you have. So if indeed it is 1A, this is the decision, 1B, this is the 1C, this is the, decision, 1B, this is the So go by scenarios so that, you know, you know, you have so much of technology, right? And each of these coaches give scenarios to all of the players beforehand. Say they know exactly what happens in each of these scenarios. So why can't the referees be coached with that? So I think that's just a part that, that needs to be brought in and the rules need to be rigid. They need to be practical. Yes, where we are trying to kind of hold on to a lot of traditional, stupid rules that like, like the time wasting rule that I think Abhi uh, Ranvir touched upon. That is something that should have gone for a long period of time, and retrospective, you know, uh, punishments should should have also been brought in. But we we haven't brought it in because we are still trying to stick into the traditional ones, and then you know, mix it with a a few new items so that we are trying to kind of uh, you know bring magic to the table, which is not the case. And the last aspect is at the end of the day. There's so much of commercial revenue attached to this. So whether you like it or not, and, and thankfully we don't have the fans in the stadiums where somebody is just shouting their hearts out and they say, oh, wait, you know what? It's not a goal. And I- I imagine in, in the, the same Merseyside Derby with, you know, the, uh, what do you call it? Goodison Park, or packed to the Rafters with Evertonians and then there's the away stand with uh, Leopoldians, right? Yeah. Imagine the kind of conversation that would have—you know—it would have resulted in you know the entire city of Liverpool being in you know in red alert. So God forbid that didn't happen. So you know the last part is having a proper what do you call it—a performance management mechanism. Just getting into some bit of you know uh, economics and HR related aspects where you need to look at some of these referees and referees and actually have a point system and say, hey, you know what you you've been piss-poor this year, you need to be flagged off. And you're getting nowhere near refereeing before you bring your standards up. I think it's a combination of these three things that, not now, but probably in about five, six years, that we might see
1: improvement. Okay. Uh, But sticking to rules, uh, Boyd, do you think the Premier League is a big enough league to bring about this change in rules, to to, uh, kind of bring to notice to the officials, to everyone out there saying that, hey, you know, the rules are completely weird. So let's sit down, let's sort it out, and let's just make sure that there's a uniform set of rules that everyone can goddamn implement. So do you think that the Premier League is that league that can bring about that change?
0: Uh, Yeah, I I, I think you can at least lay down a foundation because you can start with creating clarity I think the problem right now is unclarity. We don't know if referees actually get some sort of evaluation after a game. We don't know. And that's one of the frustrating parts. We don't know if refs actually get told, hey, wait, you've been actually quite bad this game. Why did you make this decision? Because you should have done this. Or... Did you see this? Did you see that? Why did you make this decision? We don't know. And that's also a part of frustration. Another part is when you put something in your rule set, act upon it. If you claim VAR is there to prevent clear and obvious errors, don't start using it for every situation, every goal, every maybe, hands, ball, offside, whatever. Use it the way you claim to use it, because that creates clarity, that creates understanding. And I think that is step one. Step two, for me, would be, and that's, I think, it might be difficult for a league in itself to do so. But for me, one of the problems with football in general is, compared to some other sports, it's quite low scoring. So that makes a goal incredibly valuable. That's why penalty and offside calls become so incredibly important. So the thing is, is that goals are very important, but when a foul is made, there's only one correct decision. And that's either 100% right, according to some people, or 100% wrong. And that's an issue I have with football. If I take a player down just outside the uh, the 60-yard box, it's a free kick. If I do it 20 centimeters inside, it's a penalty. For a game, that changes everything. But in the rule set, it's only those two options. And I think in order to make it better for the referee and to make it more understandable for us as fans, we need like, like we need options like we need like if you take down a player was their foul intent yes okay i can upgrade a decision i can and not just a card but also like if like a handball inside the 16 if it was a deflection like the dire one does it negatively affect the attacking team yeah sure maybe like the indirect free kicks or a variation of something where you can punish a uh, light incident, but it's not a goal. And that's the thing. Even we get the punishment for me almost breaking a leg of the, the attacker, or that's the, almost the same uh, punishment as me accidentally having my arm 10 centimeters too far off my body. And because there's not enough goals, like if it was a game that was having uh, score lines of 15-12, you would go on and just say, okay, well, we can score another one. But it's too hard to score a goal. And that's why this discussion becomes bigger and bigger and bigger because teams get better at defending. They get better at attacking. They get better at getting results from situations. And the last part I will mention as well is that it's not only creating clarity, but also realizing what your calls as a ref mean to the game, but also the game as a whole. Like, for example, now there's a lot of calls that Salah and Kane, for example, are divers, right? But I've seen Kane, I think it was last year or this year before, there were incidents where he was he, he was like fouls. He was fouled and, he, and Son as well but they stayed on their feet. But referees at this point almost seem to go, well, you're not going to ground, so there's no foul. So as a striker, you have to go down. And I think that's something that needs reviewing. Like, I don't think a striker should go to ground for a foul to be called. And that's for me where all the the frustration is it's become all or nothing with every call, with every incident, with every situation. And that makes it worse for me.
1: Awesome. All right. Yeah, I think... Uh, all right, before we get my thoughts, Anirudh, your thoughts on this as well? What What can be improved? I think the fact that uh,
4: we're talking about can the Premier League do it? I think the Premier League should be the one to sh- take the step in terms of improving uh, how, how people... Uh, perceive VAR like because right now how it's perceived is, uh, I think extremely negative. So yeah, I think they need to be the ones. And for me, I think the few things that they should be changing for sure, or how they should be looking at it, is uh, definitely the competency of the uh competency and how uh how do you really consider someone to the post of officiating a match of this of of the standard of a Premier League. And uh, when the UEFA are saying they don't want to hire the English referees, there ha- there's a problem, right? There's fundamentally an issue. So maybe it's time to uh, outsource the idea of officiating. Uh, that's one thing. In terms of VAR, yeah, I, I think it is obviously a progress because you have to look at it as technology, and technology will only improve, but obviously the people handling and managing the technology need to be improving with it as well. So, yeah, those are primarily what I would say about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I for one definitely would love to see retrospective actions on the referees for bad calls. And I think that's similar to what happened to the Liverpool Everton match when the VAR got it completely wrong and he was at fault and he finally got retrospective. I need to see, we need to see more of that because it can't be that the referees are let off the hook for making such terrible decisions in the Premier League. And it just goes to, put up a bad kind of front to the entire world you're showcasing this to millions and millions of people to show them that this is state of football where people are you know they are so strict so strict that you know a slight half inches of of a sleeve is called handball or is called offside uh, you know the the whole point even we're missing out one thing which is the i don't know if that Falls on the purview of VAR, but the goalkeeper coming off his line—that I felt is a little ridiculous because it is quite difficult for a keeper to kind of keep one foot on the line, and try and jump because he also needs some sort of uh, maneuver. I get that it's probably for the benefit of the sport to ensure more goals, uh, and so. But still, I feel feel that might that was slightly unnecessary. I think it's also fun when we see penalty misses. So, yeah, a couple of them. I think one thing that I I thought. Could have been a really good way of going about it, but I'm pretty sure it will not be something like that. Which was, like in cricket, that the 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 players on the pitch or the captain or the players on the pitch kind of have two to three reviews. So they kind of go ahead and say, you know, if they feel that they've been foul, a play has been fouled, then they kind of say, okay, now review. Because otherwise, yes, we've had times where we are kind of stopped the flow of play, uh, and so. That might have that might kind of fall a bit where you kind of say the captain says, Okay, review it. Uh, yeah, boy.
0: Yeah, you, you could even like hockey, field hockey at the moment has this where you get one uh, video referral uh, every half. Yeah. And if you use it and it's correct, you keep it. So correct. basically, when something happens and your captain uh, decides, or you as a team decide, Okay, we, we will use our video rep. If it's correct, you keep it so you can use it another time. But exactly. if it's incorrect, you lose it. So you can't just throw it around. You have to be careful when to use it. So And it becomes a valuable commodity, especially in knockout games, for example. In later stages, you, you don't want to lose it because there can still be a missed call. So I think that's a good situation to avoid just stopping the flow as well, making it a valuable commodity where you have, for example, one every half, and when you use it and it's incorrect, then it, you lose it. But also, one, one final thing, um, what I miss, and that's uh, uh, something weird for me about football, is refs don't, they, they are afraid to say, I can't see it. Because when there's something sometimes even with video refs in hockey, when they use it and it's because it's it's a fast sport, it's faster than football. Sometimes you can use it, for example a video ref or the umpire themselves will use the video ref rule. Um, they will go, Well, it is unclear what happens exactly, or maybe two players barge into each other, like who made the foul at that point. They will say, I cannot see it and they will keep the initial decision, but you will also keep your referral. So it's not uh, you don't become victim of some uh, uncertainty or unclarity.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree. With, I think yeah, Ajay, you want to
2: No, Absolutely, I think, boy, I think you should be sitting on the panel. Uh, you, you're more qualified than any of them that that are there on the panel right now. Uh, but just one more thing, Pradhum, uh, uh, this this video, uh, you know, having this what do you call it? Uh, uh, one request or two requests per half. Yeah. With the quality of refereeing right now, we might even need a dozen of them per half. <laughs> That's how bad it's become.
1: No, I, I get that. I think, sure, I'm not saying that there shouldn't be a change of the way the referees, uh, who should be refereeing the, or man, manning the VAR system. That's definite. But I'm just saying that I, I'm talking about impacting the flow of play and I felt like a review system might just be better because you you, you don't waste our precious time kind of uh, you know keep looking waiting for the monitors to say something. If you have a review, you review it. And of course, some goal and, and like I like Boyle just said, if it's two, then you kind of it's precious material. So you, even if you concede a goal, you might not want to always review it. You only review it if you have a very very certain chance that it is an offside or a handball. So, yeah, I mean, I thought of that initially when they first announced it. I thought that was how some, I was, that was in my mind that, that it would be something like that. Uh, but unfortunately, I don't think that is something that will happen in the near future. And uh, I had another one, but I kind of forgot about it. I just don't know what it was. But uh, I guess we'll talk about this another day because it is VAR. I'm pretty sure we can talk about this for hours and hours and hours. But unfortunately, we have run out of time or we have exceeded time. So, uh thank you ajay Anir, uh, boyd and even ojas for being a part of this podcast um uh, it was a it was a really really interesting chat for this entire one hour a little more than one hour and yeah i can't wait to be i, I don't know i do you know in a way i don't want to keep hopping in on b r because i think that at some point of time i just get tired of it but i mean it's always interesting when you have views like these and you know talk to people like boy who's from who's played different sports and we've watched also different sports, you know, it, it's always an interesting conversation to be having. Otherwise, you just have these rants again and again and about, oh, this referee, sharing, oh my God, this penalty should have happened, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, yeah, we can only hope that there is some sort of solution or there's, there is constant evolution of the system. We don't want this to kind of be the norm and we don't want the Premier League to also be happy with the way this is being run. So, Uh, thanks Ajay Anirudh boy and I can't wait to host you in the near future whether it be for VR whether it be for you know Newcastle Liverpool or Tottenham topics in the near future Uh, so yeah and uh, thank you all for tuning in to the FFS podcast if you've enjoyed this one hour of football content and you've you know then why don't you go and listen to our previous podcast you can even watch you can even listen to our MWS series which is a little shorter more interactive series where we kind of review game weeks we kind of have banters with different fans the fans of different clubs and yeah so if you do like the content that we've been putting out then please 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 wait us you can follow us on seven different podcast platforms like anchor spotify google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, amazon music you name it we're probably there um, you can also follow us on instagram and on twitter where i try to be as active as possible i guess that's about it for episode number seven of season two of the FFS podcast. I'll see you all next Sunday. That's it. I'm your host, Praddy once again. You stay safe and see you.